number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Might remember a murder that happened at a community center, Glenwood Community Center, in the summer of 2022, last June 15th. In fact, uh, we are just about one month from the anniversary of that, where a 15-year-old named Avente Solomon shot and killed 24-year-old Ataya Nichols. Uh, Mr. Solomon, uh, it turns out, will be charged as an adult for the crime of murder. I think that's reasonable. There was some kind of a fight that broke out that day. He fired a weapon, and he shot uh, this uh, young woman who was a mother. So he will be tried as an adult. Tonight, Columbus City Schools may name a new superintendent. It won't change anything with Columbus City Schools. Not one Single, solitary thing. The candidates are Angela Chapman, the district's interim superintendent. And then they have two uh, male candidates. A guy from Pasadena, California, and a guy from uh, Georgia, both of whom have uh, somewhat checkered pass with their respective districts from whence they are hoping to leave to come to Columbus. Uh, the search has cost uh, at least a quarter of a million dollars. And as I say, nothing will change. The quality of education will not go up. The Columbus City Schools will continue to waste money opposing school choice in the state of Ohio. And fools will continue to vote for an all-Democratic city council, a Democratic mayor, Teachers Union approved members of the Columbus Board of Education. There's a part of me that feels bad for the students in the system. And then there's a part of me that thinks that if you continue to vote for these kinds of policies and policymakers, uh, you have no reasonable expectation for any change to occur. Similarly, I read with interest today Eric Lagada's story in the Columbus Dispatch about the recent violence in the Short North. The headline says, In Short North, many remain undeterred despite two weekends of gun violence. That is, of course, their right. They can do that if they like to. They can continue to uh, walk the streets of the Short North, ignore the bullet holes, ignore the fact that 10 people were shot two weeks ago, that for the second straight weekend this past weekend, someone was murdered in the Short North. It is your right as an American citizen to continue to act like nothing is going on. My eyes deceive me. Do not believe your lion eyes. And Eric Legata, uh, true to his mission, I am sure, to pump up the uh, safety of the short north and to continue to have the businesses not suffer from the violence in the area, finds plenty of people who say that their life is going to go on uh, just as it has before. Uh, here's a guy from Bexley who says this kind of violence could happen anywhere. Hmm. Is that right? Is that true? This kind of violence could happen anywhere? Well, yes, it's true. It could happen anywhere. But if you're talking about could in the sense of likely to happen anywhere, then I have a little bit of an issue. Because... I don't hear of this kind of violence happening in uh, Dublin or Lewis Center or Powell or New Albany. 
I don't hear of it happening there. I hear of it happening in the short north. And so, I'm just saying. If I were looking for a night out, if I were looking for a restaurant, if I were looking for a place to walk about, walk off my meal, you won't find me in the short north. Because, unlike this guy from Bexley, I don't necessarily believe that it will happen if I'm in Dublin or New Albany or even Gehanna or Powell or Lewis Center. And then the reason I believe that it won't happen is because it hasn't happened. And until it does happen, I will continue to presume that it won't happen. But when it happens two consecutive weekends in the short north, I find it detached from reality for this gentleman to say, the issue I have now is no place is really safe and you have to live your life. Unfortunately, it's the way of life now. Well, there's an element of truth in that for sure. It can happen anywhere. All the time, crimes happen, and you go, wow, this, this doesn't happen here. Short North used to be one of those places. It's not that kind of place anymore. It's not that kind of place anymore. So if you get shot in a Short North, buyer beware. Buyer beware. Now, I spent the first hour of the show on the Durham report and my degree of depression over the fact that we have the highest law enforcement officials in our country What do I always say about Democrats? They're doing the very thing they accuse you of, right? They're doing to you what they say you are doing. And in the case of collusion, they were colluding to put together a Russia collusion hoax. And why do these things happen? These things happen because unlike the last time we had a major government scandal that resulted in a seismic shock to the American political system. I'm talking about Watergate. Back then we had a free press that was willing to dig in and continue to work and expose it, and now we don't have that kind of a press. We have a press that takes Pulitzer Prizes for reporting on stuff that's leaked to them by people who have an investment in the lies they are leaking. The Washington Post and the New York Times won Pulitzer Prizes for their reporting on the Russia collusion hoax. And again, I'll read you what they were awarded Pulitzer Prizes for. Deeply sourced, relentlessly reported coverage in the public interest that dramatically furthered this nation's understanding of Russian interference in the 2016 election and its connections to the Trump campaign, the president-elect's transition team, and his eventual administration. So they're saying, Pulitzer's, the Pulitzer Committee is saying, Oh, this Russia influence was filtered all throughout the Trump administration, and it was so important that the American public knew about all this. Except it was all a lie. It was all a lie. And you don't hear any reporters coming out today apologizing for reporting those lies. You don't hear any reporters or commentators coming out today saying, why is James Comey not going to jail? Why is John Brennan? Why are James Clapper? Why is Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Jake Sullivan? Why are none of them going to jail? Why are none of them surrendering their book profits. Why are we not giving back our Pulitzer Prize? You say, well, that's water under the bridge, Bruce. you got to move on. I would be happy to move on if I felt like we were moving on having learned a lesson. Well, we're moving on. Nothing to see here. We're moving on. And we're moving on with the press, feckless and impotent now, even more so than they were then. You might have seen the president 
over the weekend riding his little bike in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. There has been criticism of the president for not answering questions from the press. He holds fewer press conferences than any president in recent memory. But here comes Jolton Joey Biden riding his little Schwinn in his stupid helmet. And here's the press gaggle. And here comes Joe Biden. And he's going to stop and deign to give them a few minutes of his time. Now, this is a goldmine for reporters who have been thirsting and lusting to ask the, rep- the president of the United States questions. So here he comes on his bike. He's slowing down. Oh, he's going to talk to us. Oh, yay. He's going to talk to us. What shall we ask him? Who's going to ask the first question? Mr. President, when is the debt uh, meeting, the leaders? In about 10 minutes. Seriously? You're holding it up. When is it actually happening, sir? We're working on it right now, the exact time. Will it be on Tuesday? It's been reported it'll be Tuesday. I think so. Do you have an update on how talk has gone this weekend, sir? I have. Can you share that with us? No. Okay. (laughs) What's your level of optimism about that? That's sharing it, isn't it? Well, it's giving us a (laughs) When is the debt meeting? You don't know the answer to that question? And then the second guy says, can you give us details on that? And Biden goes, no. And the guy, what does the guy say? Okay. Okay. How about why not? Why can't you give us details? It's only the American economy that hinges on you getting this done. Why have the Republicans been able to pass a debt limit, and why do you refuse to negotiate? Did any of those idiots, any of those brain-dead bootlickers say, why do you refuse to negotiate on the debt ceiling? No, of course not, because, oh, the president might get mad at me if I ask him that. Oh, I don't want to ask him that. This went on. There were several other questions. I can't wait to play them. Because it tells you a lot about the power Joe Biden has over a press corps that he regularly mocks and insults. And why wouldn't you? They are nothing but serfs and vassals in his kingdom. He is not accountable to them because they take what he gives them and they don't dare beg for more. Heaven forbid demand more. They're supposed to be doing their job on your behalf remember I presume that if you are a professional at whatever your profession is nothing infuriates you quite like someone in your profession who performs your profession unprofessionally doctors hate Bad doctors, lawyers, hate lawyers who violate standards. I've never been anything but a journalist. I did not choose wisely. I hate the profession that I've given my life to because it is not the profession that I've given my life to. I've known it for a long time. I've said it before. I said it to a group of uh, people I spoke to in Westerville last week. Unfortunately, I am never spared additional insight into why I hate the profession that I gave my life to. 
The president of the United States, Joe Biden, was riding his bike on another one of his weekend beach vacations when he stopped his bike to answer questions from the media. Now, every press conference that I went into, I had a line of questioning that I wanted to get to. I was not going to waste the opportunity. I was prepared. I was professional. I might have had a really tough question that I knew my interview subject didn't want to answer. And I would plot in my mind a way to get to that question. Because you can't just ask the left hook knockout punch question right away. And sometimes you're in a tough situation where the president's on his bike. He's not going to be here for half an hour. He's going to be here for like two minutes. So you go quick warm-up question and boom right to it. Joe Biden has not answered any questions about the revelations from the House Oversight Committee. He had not faced any questions about anything that was going on on the southern border as Title 42 came to an end. So here he comes riding up on his bicycle. And the first lame question is about, Hey, Mr. President, when's the meeting on the debt ceiling? All right, now I will cut the journalist a little bit of slack in that if you come right back with a body blow question after that, why won't you negotiate on the debt ceiling, Mr. President? How are you hoping to convince the American people that you're not the problem given the fact that Kevin McCarthy and the House Republicans have passed an expansion of the debt ceiling? Something like that? Then I'll cut them some slack. But no. Now, one of the hacks in this gaggle of people is Jeff Mason of Reuters. I know his name because I see him periodically on special report. His tongue is usually the color of whatever polish there is on Joe Biden's shoes. Jeff Mason is a disgrace to reporting. So is Mara Eliason. So is Marie Harf. I understand why they have them on special report. Just saying what they are. So we got the, oh, hey, Mr. President, when's the meeting on the debt ceiling? Now we get to what should be tougher questions. Is that what happened? How do you think things are going at the border, sir? How do you think things are going at the border, sir? Let me tell you why that's a horrible question. You're allowing him to, you are floating the idea that, hey, I don't know how things are going at the border. I'm uninformed on the question I'm asking you. Why don't you tell me what you think of the border? And was he going to say, yeah, it's a train wreck. Oh, we got women. How about you say, excuse me, Mr. President, were you aware that an Afghan national who's on the terror watch list was caught today at a port of entry spot in San Diego? Excuse me, Mr. President, did you know that there were 10,000 migrants crossing the border every day this past week? That's how you ask the question. Excuse me, Mr. President, did you know that the migrants that are being bussed into the state of New York are being housed in a hotel where they're kicking out U.S. homeless veterans? Or even, excuse me, Mr. President, you've touted your app where people can make a request for asylum according to your procedure. Did you know your app is not working? No, none of that. Instead, you get this utter nonsense. How do you think things are going at the border, sir? 
much type better than much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> no, I think. Pardon me. Do you have any plans to visit the border? Do you have any plans? Not in the near term. No. No, it'd just be disruptive. Are you confident that the numbers have peaked, that they'll continue to go no, down? Look, they are. They have gone down. My hope is they'll continue to go down. Where we have more, a lot more work to do. All these questions are asked in such a way to allow him to say whatever he wants to say to put lipstick on the border pig. All of them. None of them were asked, here's a fact, Mr. President. Respond to the fact. Oh, wait, there's more. Talk about nonsensical. Do you have any comment on the Turkish elections? It looks like there might be a dispute. Do you have any comment on the Turkish elections? Because I don't know about you, but all throughout Sunday morning at church, I was trying to concentrate on Pastor Mike's sermon from James 1. And in the back of my mind, I kept like having these nagging thoughts. What's going on with the Turkish elections? Do you have any comment on the Turkish elections? It looks like there might be a dispute over President Erdogan. Oh, is that right? I didn't get any The opposition party. He doesn't even know what's going on in Turkey. He doesn't know. Now, listen, he makes an important admission here. Do you have any comment on the Turkish elections? It looks like there might be a dispute over President Erdogan. Oh, is that right? I didn't get any The opposition party are claiming they are leading and state media are saying Erdogan is leading. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Uh, No, look, I just hope it goes whoever wins, wins. State media are saying that Erdogan is leading. Oh, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, you bet it sounds familiar. It sounds just like the election that put you in the White House. State media saying, oh, it's the most secure election in history. The night of the election. Oh, it's like, how dare you expect? Uh, how dare you insinuate that anything funny is going on? Sure, they're counting ballots in Pennsylvania after the time they're allowed to count ballots. Yes, they mysteriously shut down ballot counting in Atlanta. Yes, in Detroit, all the Republican counters were told to go home. But state media says it's the most secure election in history. So it is. There were more questions to Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, what do you do? When you're 30 plus years into a profession, that every single day, in new ways, embarrasses itself, throws up on itself all over again.